companies that were really good at portfolio management and being agile are doing well. And the companies that are that were not are struggling, they're not doing well, or they may be going out of business, or they've already gone out of business. Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Hey there, folks. Welcome to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Today, I am joined by Gerald J. Leonard, who is the CEO of Turnberry Premier. Gerald, how are you today? Good, Anthony. How are you? It's great to be here. I'm excited to chat with you. I was very excited, you know, looking at all the stuff that you put out, uh, both uh, professionally and personally. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to chatting. So as a means of introduction, can you tell our listeners a little bit about you, what keeps you busy and, you know, what excites you most about life these days? Excellent. Excellent. Well, what keeps me busy is both my companies with um, my company, Turnberry Premier, which is a consulting firm that provides resources and and technology and support for companies like MasterCard and Virginia Department of Transportation and uh, and some others that we're we're talking to like Chase and Bank of America and so on. And then um, writing a lot of articles, I'm working, finishing up my third book called A Symphony of Choices, which is a uh, business parable using music as a metaphor like I did with my first two books and um, really just helping my clients to grow their business and you know, execute in a way that allows them to spend time with their family and the things that they love to do, and um, do it the way we we're created. You know, I, I believe a lot in a lot of the things that uh, we can learn from neuroscience, and I've integrated the concepts of productivity, neuroscience, workplace culture, and I use music as a metaphor to explain a lot of these concepts. I I got that. So what? Um... I guess, given that you're looking at the forefront of people, but also using it to reconnect to our roots, what are some of the key considerations you'd want our listeners to think about as they go on leading teams, as they move forward, as they go on, you know, developing their careers as leaders? And maybe you can give them some uh, sheet music for lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when, when you're, when you're working as a musician and, and, and a consultant and a strategy implementation or project manager, there's a lot of different things you can pull from, but honestly, I pull a lot from my background as a musician. And what I mean by that is, you know, one of the core capabilities or things that I had to learn or, or dealt with was constantly improving. I'm constantly taking classes now. I'm taking some programs with, with on Corsica, with the Wharton School on, on FinTech. Uh, I've learned, you know, spent some time learning about AI and, and blockchain and some of the latest technologies and where things are going. So as I'm building out my own company's strategy, I can really have a good understanding of, of what's coming up and then how things are being played. And because a lot of operational work is being automated, the main work that's going to be happening in most organizations today will be productivity or project management work. It's getting projects done. And so really getting uh, your arms around productivity and project management program and portfolio management and how to you know really embrace your strategy, share that strategy, create a culture of execution, within the organization, all of those are critical skills right now and things that I'm constantly working on, reading about, learning about, and writing about. 
No, very cool. I mean, that's why they call it a consulting practice or a doctor's practice because you don't ever get it completely right. So right, you always you have keep to practicing. Prove. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. So, I think a lot of people understand kind of the core of project management and God knows I talk a lot about strategy, but we yeah. don't talk too much is about portfolio management. And so I'd be interested in your perspective on the parallels, but more precisely the kind of interrelated nature of how human beings make decisions and think and the overall act of portfolio management, either within one's company, one's organization or one's team. Okay. I'm going to make it really simple because every day, Every family in America or across the world practices portfolio management. You got a job. You get a paycheck. You got a budget. You have dreams. Now, depending on your dreams and depending on your budget and your paycheck determines what you can actually do, right? Because we can have, you know, we can have like eight-figure dreams, but if we only have a five-figure paycheck, we got to mod- we have to modify those dreams and decide what are the things that I'm going to be able to do now with the limited resources I have that are going to provide me and my family with the greatest benefit? And that's really all, at the end of the day, that's what portfolio management is. It's saying, where do we want to go with our lives? Where do we want to go with our company? Where do we want to go as a vision of who we want to become? Now, let's look at what we're working with. What do we have? And is there ways that we can increase that Are there ways that we can decrease expenses? Are there ways that we can streamline things? Do we clip coupons? Do we go to the big block stores? Those are things that that families think about every day. And as life would have it and inflation, uh, pandemics, external things happen, you have to adjust your goals. You have to adjust your strategy. And so at, at the end of the day, organizations are faced with having a compelling vision and goals and strategies that they want to accomplish. They have a budget that they've been given or they have money that they're bringing in. And part of that money they're setting aside for constant improvement or R&D or, you know, continually improving how the organization runs. And then they have to decide where are we going to invest our limited resources? Because unless you are... Elon Musk, and even Elon Musk has limited resources because he can't buy every country and do everything that I'm I'm sure that he wants to do. He has to make strategic decisions on where he puts his billions, just like we make strategic decisions on where we put our millions or our thousands or our hundreds. And really, that's portfolio management in a nutshell. And it's really about learning how to use the, the right and left hemispheres of our brain. Big picture thinking, right? And at the same time, thinking about the details, to me, portfolio management is a lot more about big picture thinking and how we're trying to, where we're trying to go and how we're trying to get there. And then project management, it's like left brain thinking of, okay, so now how do we get there? What's the, you know, what's the strategy? What are the things we're going to have to implement? What are the things we're going to need to make this happen? And can we do it within our budget and within our own capabilities? Or while we're doing that, can we also improve ourselves and take some classes, do this or do that, bring on a partner to help us uh, increase our capabilities to do more. And so in a nutshell, that's really what it's all about. Um, and it's happening for at the you know executive level. It happens for multi-billion dollar companies or $100,000 companies. 
I got that. What I find interesting about your perspective on portfolio management, of course, the, the parable to, you know, how human beings do it on a day-to-day basis. And then they also, the need for big pictures, you know, strategic thinking in a manner is that often I find leaders don't take time to recognize that all of their activities are a portfolio. They know they have a bunch of stuff to do, but I don't think they think about it in that, hey, I have limited resources. So it's either too wide open or so narrow, but there's not that balance with, hey, I actually have to, there's all these things I want to do. How can I chunk them out and move them forward? And, you know, that's what, you know, both of us, of course, do strategic planning to help teams sort that out and put those parameters in place to help them be more successful. Right, exactly. So I'd love to switch gears a little bit, because when we started, you had mentioned, hey, you know, I'm doing all these technology things for these great organizations. And you and I know that the world is changing at a rapid pace without giving anybody secret sauce away or giving any confidential information. You know, what are companies and organizations that you're seeing? What is on their forefront? What are they thinking about as it relates to technology and transformation? And and what are some of the steps that they're taking that might support our listeners in, in making their own decisions? Right. And I think with all those three technologies or the different technologies I talked about are on their um, on the forefront of their minds, especially things like AI, automated into artificial intelligence is really on the forefront of automating a lot of standard work and really looking at how do we regain efficiencies, streamline processes, but also take advantage of all of the data that's being collected because, you know, with all of the computers and all the things that we're doing these days and the amount of information that's out there, um, we have more data than we know what to do with. And the great benefit of AI is that you have computers that are able to crunch all that information, take snapshots, use neural networks to figure out better ways to address the, uh, or ask better questions or find better data from all the information that's out there. So I think definitely AI, again, blockchain, just, you know, having independent networks that are, that are doing things along that line, but then also just, just really focusing on how do we streamline projects and become more agile, become more agile in our thinking. And I think companies are beginning to really take into consideration culture, especially with the pandemic where, you know, everyone went virtual. You know, everything had to happen virtually. And and companies, the thing about the pandemic that what it exposed was companies that were really good at portfolio management and being agile are doing well. And the companies that are that were not are struggling. They're not doing well or they may be going out of business or they've already gone out of business. And so this constant this attitude or focus of constant learning and constant being agile is super important. Uh, for organizations and a lot of my clients right now, that's how they think. That's that's what they're focused on. You know, mobile applications. Uh, they're looking at the millennials who are, you know, in the next 30 years are going to be inheriting about $45 trillion from all of the money that's being invested from their parents and forefathers and, and looking at, you know, fintech and just automated uh, advisory services and, and, and things along that line. So they're looking at all these different technologies and looking at how they can position themselves to take advantage of those technologies. And, you know, it's interesting, the work that I've done, especially with my, my books and a lot of the thought leadership, which is, you know, my uh, book, Workplace Jazz, or Culture's the Base. And again, I use music as a metaphor because I think even in the music world, and I'm changing topics here a little bit, but, um, but it's all uh, connected, is that 
to even survive during the pandemic and virtual and when everything went virtual, everyone had to think differently. Everyone had to consider how do you consume music or how do you consume technology or how do you consume things differently? And by learning these skills, music, using technology, it, it's really about being adaptive and constantly being an, a, an avid learner and having the mindset that you're just every day, you're learning something to move the ball forward. And so it becomes really critical to of taking advantage of those technologies, but really keeping a, a learning and an agile mindset. Yeah. And what's very interesting, and like, as you can imagine, I interview a lot of people and talk to a lot of people in my practice. And I, I did have this kind of sentiment that there are winners and losers through yes. COVID, for lack of a better word. But I had never thought about the root behavior that determined that, as in there were some restaurants that became more successful and some that went under. There's some businesses that pivoted and some didn't. And I chalked it up to being sort of adaptive, but I didn't think of how the kind of structure system processes internally, not just for innovation, although that's part of it, but right. the ability to have kind of a portfolio mindset of uh, quickly adapting your strategic investments and being able to mobilize the, the resources to be able to make that happen, like a, a neurodivergence, for lack of a better standpoint or, or wording, uh, within an organization, like being fluid enough to be able yes. to adapt versus being slow and cumbersome and, and some slow and cumbersome organizations still had the foresight to be able to say, okay, we can't be slow and cumbersome anymore because that will be the death of us. And that kicked them in the butt. Whereas others, I think maybe underestimated it, even if they were adaptive and then they faced the consequences. Would you say that's a fair assessment of the market? I would, I would, but I also would say that the the companies that have, that have done well have also been forward thinking for years. Even though, let's say, they invested in brick and mortar, they knew that there was a balance happening. Um, they could they could read the tea leaves, if you will. They knew that having a virtual uh, infrastructure, you know, like a lot of the companies that were able to jump on Zoom or, or Microsoft Teams or, or, or those technologies, but also had their own, you know, VPN environments or virtual environments that they could, they could their workers could quickly go home with their laptops and their, their, their work and begin to just, you know, on a dime start working from home as if it was just standard operations. Those were the companies that were able to take advantage and mobilize and be agile or fluid. Others that hadn't been thinking that way, uh, let's say they put a lot more of their investments into brick and mortar, into inventory along that line so that when things were shut down, right, all of a sudden things are automatically shut down, they were at a loss for how do we how do we move this because they weren't thinking you know, long term or even in, in, in the past about different scenarios or situations. And so it's much more than just being fluid or being able to adjust. It's being strategically agile. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just as we finish up here and that time has flown by, which is really cool because I think as we look into the future and we see organizations being adaptive, both with their thinking, with their people, with their structure systems, technology, there is going to be something else. There is going to be something that that plasticity was the word I was looking for earlier yes. to, to, to help adapt to you know whatever's coming. If you're playing some music, you know, sometimes things change, but you you roll with it. So 
what is one thing that you want our listeners to leave with? And if you want to tie that to music and how that's a lesson for them, I would love that as well. I'll share the, share the, the topic of my, my TEDx, and that was practice is a performance. You know, what if practice is a performance? And really it's just that what we practice on a daily, on a daily basis becomes our performance in the real world. And, and that for musicians, you know, we spend 95% of our time practicing. And really only, even, even at the top of the game, most professional musicians only spend about 5% of their time actually in front of an audience on stage somewhere performing. And so it's learning to think about the small things and the details and really focused on, you know, falling in love with that practicing and that concept that moves you forward more than just thinking about, you know, the, the big wins or the big ahas or the big deal. It's the little things that we do on a day-to-day basis that makes the difference and moves the needle in our organizations and for ourselves. Gerald, I love that. That's so cool. And I think it's just a great way to wake up and think, start the day and say, hey, are we practice like we're playing? And, uh, you know, game time, game shots. Oh, I'm a sports exactly. guy, so I'll use a lot. Uh, Joe, <laughs> where can people connect with you? Where can they uh, see your TED Talk, TEDx Talk? Uh, they can find me at my website, GeraldJLeonard.com. You can find me on LinkedIn as well. If you just, again, search my name, Gerald J. Leonard, or on, at my website, GeraldJLeonard.com. Perfect. If you didn't get that, folks, the guest, Gerald J. Leonard, and he's the CEO of Turnberry Premier. Gerald, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you very much for being here and uh, play on. Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> it. Folks, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope it inspires you to practice like the performance and do that every day. I think if we can build adaptable organizations from people, technology systems, everybody will be more robust and it will make just a better place for all of us. So thank you for listening today. I appreciate it. My name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post twice a week, so you can count on us for your weekly source of content to help you grow and expand as a leader. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving us a review. We read every single one, and it helps us make a better show for you, the listener. Also, it helps more people find the show, which means we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate you listening and following along, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as Anthony says, until next time.